powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Together, y'all ready? Let say, I'm expecting. I'm open. I'm ready. Let's say our faith confession together. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration emancipation and restoration every day in Jesus name amen so God we tell you that we are open and we are ready speak Lord come on 11 15 say speak Lord I'm open and I'm ready make this my best year in all of my relationship types in Jesus name let him hear you for three seconds three come on YouTube come on Facebook Come on on the app. Come on on the website too. Let him hear you. It's his breath that's in your lungs. Give him back what you gave him. What do I do right here, Bishop? You celebrate him like you would a football team, but it's better. You clap for him like you would a performance, but he's greater. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let me teach some of you all real quickly as we get into this word 1115 what a hallelujah is. Hallelujah, it literally comes from this Hebrew word Hallel, which means it's a high praise. It literally means to act like a fool. So when we say hallelujah, we're not just saying something to be cute. We're not just saying something to be religious. We're not just saying something because it's a church saying. It says, I've acted a fool for a whole lot of other things. So now that I know God and I see how he keeps making ways, how he keeps protecting, how he keeps covering me, even when I wasn't doing right, he did right by me. Is there anybody in the building beside me? But when you look over your life, if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, 
So when I say hallelujah, I need everybody in this building to don't worry about your neighbor. Your praise is not for your neighbor. Forget them right now. I need you to act like a fool for the God that's been good to you. One, two, three, go, go, go. How you still sitting there? How you not moving? How are you not celebrating? How are you not shouting? Come on, 1115, somebody shout, he's been good to me. You can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. That's what hallelujah means. Hallelujah means I may bust out and start running any minute. Hallelujah means I don't care if my neighbor thinks I'm too loud. My praise ain't for my neighbor. But what my neighbor got to say. My neighbor don't have a heaven to put me in and a hell to keep me out of. My neighbor can't work miracles, signs, and wonders. But this God that I know, the joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the... One more time, hallelujah, go, go, go. Some of y'all, I need to get you ready because God is enthroned, the Bible says, on the praises of his people. So why would he come into your quiet, silent environment when the Bible says in the heavens, in the third heaven, literally, where God dwells, he is surrounded by praise. He is surrounded by adoration. He is surrounded by worship. For some of you, I'm teaching you how to do this at church so when you go home, you create this atmosphere for your family. So that your house is a hallelujah house. Which means the negative that hits everybody else's house, it's got to pass over your house. Why? Because he found a hallelujah in your house. The death that was supposed to hit everybody, it's going to have to pass over you. Because he saw a hallelujah in your house. Just bump somebody next to you and say, that's the kind of family you're going to have. Come on. I need some of y'all to learn how to get in the car with your kids and go up in a hallelujah in the car. I need some of you to learn how to go up in a hallelujah on your job. Walk in the bathroom and they stressing you out, but you'll walk in the bathroom and say, no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment, it... Hallelujah. This is important to understand. Because for your family to be different and for your family to be better, hear me, you're going to have to do things differently than the way they've been done up to this point. That's why this relationship this month has been called the ships. Everybody say the ships. We've been talking about how to make all relationships better. And this is important because this is a year of jubilee for you. Say this is a year of jubilee. Three things that you need to understand about Jubilee. Number one, it's a year of celebration. Now, if you're not familiar with this term Jubilee, go back and look at our January series where I literally taught you 2023 is a biblically mandated year of Jubilee. In fact, the Bible says don't treat this year like any other year. Hear me. This will not be a repeat of 22. This will not be a repeat of 21. And although those years were good for you, I'm here to tell you this one's going to be better than anything you've ever seen. Matter of fact, the reason some of you, I know I'm not the only one, where you felt like you've been on the edge of something incredible that was going to blow your mind. Can I tell you, you're not just thinking that, you're really in that place. Come on, 1115, say, this is my jubilee year. Three things you can expect. Number one, celebration. This means everything this year is win or win for you. You only have two options. If you're looking at it and you don't see a win, that means you're not looking at it the right way. I pray God would show you the win in whatever situation you are in. Number two, emancipation. This is a year with no restrictions. Whatever you did not do in previous years, you will do this year. 
Whatever you were too scared to do in previous years, you're going to do this year. Let me tell you who you sit next to. Some of you are sitting next to a Peter. What is that? That's somebody that's about to get out of the boat and walk on water. It doesn't make sense what they're about to do, but they're about to take a step of faith. Watch me. And the water's going to hold them up. Some of you are sitting next to a Joseph, where Joseph had to go through, watch me, 13 years of mess, drama, and foolishness. But when Joseph turned 30, his jubilee year, y'all better talk. When Joseph turned 30, the Bible says that he was promoted and made the prime minister of Egypt. And for some of you, you're sitting next to a Joseph. They've dealt with a whole lot of years of mess. But in 2023, this is going to change everything for them. Okay, where are the Josephs at in the building? Where are the Peters at in the building? Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, which means there are no restrictions. I rebuke your insecurity. I rebuke you feeling like you're not good enough. I rebuke you feeling like you're going to fail. I rebuke those negative words that were spoken over you that told you all you do is screw up, all you do is mess up, nothing's ever going to work for you. Everybody's about to see God's hand on your life this year because you have no restrictions. This is a year of emancipation for you. For everybody that's about to bust out of a cage this year, I need you to shout there. For every person that's about to do something you were scared to do last year, shout there. For every person where you're about to move somewhere, you never thought thought you move shout there for every person you're about to possess what you never thought you could possess shout right come on say this is my jubilee year yeah you're coming out of the cage you're coming out of the cage of the low position for some of you get your office ready what do you mean get my office ready because you're about to go from the bottom to the top you're about to be in the C-suite. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. For some of you, get your business plan ready. Why? You're finally about to start that business. And you're going to make more in one month in your business than you did in one year on your job. I wish. Number three, this is the year of restoration. And in the Bible, anytime God restores something, this literally means that he makes it better than it was before. Hear me. God doesn't restore something by taking it back to the way that it was. If it was good enough, it would have stayed that way. When God restores something, he's going to make it better. Look at me. This is why David said this, restore my soul. Pay attention. Make it better than it was. What is my soul? My mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotions. Look at me. Everything about your life, God has had it simmering so it could get better. I'm going to say it again. Everything about your life, God has had it simmering so it could get better. Every chef knows that sometimes you got to dial the temperature back and let that thing simmer so that it becomes better than it really was. And for some of you, like, it's not a whole lot happening at one time. That's because God says, I'm going to let this thing simmer because I'm going to make this thing sweet. I'm going to make this thing good. I'm going to pay you back for how hell you've been through. I'm going to pay you back for what your family did. I'm going to pay you back for what your cousin did. I'm going to pay you back for what your previous employer did I need you to open up your mouth stop this is my year of restoration and it's gonna be better than before your family's gonna be better your friendships are gonna be better your relationships are going to be better make sure you sit next to somebody expecting that fist bump them and say better uh-uh I don't like the way they said it when you say something like that, they ought to be so excited about what you said that they respond with a hallelujah. Try somebody else, fist bump them, say better. This is the lowest you ever gonna see me. I ain't doing bad, but I ain't, I ain't going lower. Snap a shot right here. Cause this is the worst you ever gonna do for the rest of your life. Shout better.
including your relationships. So this message is called what family relationships need because some of the most difficult relationships to make better are your family relationships. Look at me. First of all, family must be defined. Say family Family. must be defined. Now, this is important to understand why. Because in the 1950s, there was something called the picturesque American family that was created. It was a marketing strategy for them to populate this new product that they created in the suburbs. It was called um, the American home. And literally, they created something called the suburbs, suburbs, suburban, which means it gave people a way to get out of the urban core, the urban city, and to get into the suburbs. They created this as a way to get people to purchase homes so people would have debt so that they would be slaves. Pay attention, because whenever you are debtor to somebody, you are slave to that thing, which is why I need you to keep speaking this over your life, say, and I'm debt free. Uh -uh, You're not a slave in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Look at somebody else say, and you don't owe nobody anything. So what happened is they created the picturesque American family. A mom, a dad, and two kids. They created the picturesque American family with a nice white picket fence. And here's the problem with that. If you look on the screen, you can see the pictures. We have the Joneses, the Hernandezes, and the Jenkins. All right, you ready? We, we got, you got all, you got this picturesque American family. And consequently, some 70 years later, many people, not just in America, but across America and around the world, are still seeking this picturesque American family. You have people marrying people they shouldn't because they're in pursuit of a marketing ploy. You have people having children when they don't even like kids. Y'all ain't going to say that because they're in pursuit of an American picturesque family. And I need you to hear me. Jesus Christ did not have a picturesque American family. So you're not missing anything if you don't. Let's go Bible. In the Bible, Paul didn't have a picturesque American family. He had Timothy and Titus, his spiritual sons, and that was his family. Jesus didn't have the picturesque American family. I'm going to teach you more about that in a moment. In fact, the Bible is full of people that did not have this 1950s picturesque American family. So some of you stop saying something's wrong because you don't have what they marketed you to get. I'm going to back it up and say it again until you get it. Stop thinking something's wrong because you don't have what they marketed for you to get. Some of y'all talking about you getting married. You don't even like people up in your space like that. It's quiet in this building and don't lie. Look, look at this. Look at this. Mark 3.31. Speak this. Say, I'm not missing anything. Uh-uh, say it with authority. Say, I'm not missing anything. Mark 3.31, and his mother and his brothers came standing outside, and they sent to him and called him. So pay attention. This is Jesus the Christ, the Anthropos, 100% God, 100% man. So much man you can't believe he's God, so much God you can't believe he is man. And he's got his mother and his brothers. That's why Mary should not be called virgin today, because Mary and Joseph got busy after Jesus came. Joseph was like, look, now I know you did this virgin thing with Jesus, but after this, render therefore unto Baby, turn the light. Matter of fact, you ain't even got to turn them off. Come on, I've been waiting. Listen. She has children after Jesus. Pay attention. And his mothers and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him, and they called to him. I want you to pay attention. Jesus is basically in the middle of a church service preaching. And I want you to pay attention who's not in there, his mother and his brothers. That was his family. Because some of you, you invite people into places they can't be trusted. And for some of you, just because they're your family doesn't mean they should have access to certain places in your life. I pray that you would know who not to let in certain places of your life. I know that's your mama, but your mama ain't good with business. Don't bring her into your business. I know that's your daddy, but your daddy's not good at certain things. Don't bring them into places where they cannot be trusted. Somebody said, I pray you have discernment. I 
Jesus said, I can't trust y'all in this place because y'all are going to try to watch me. You're going to try to size me down to what you remember me being in the house. And right now, I'm in my assignment. I am not the Jesus you knew when we were growing up. I'm in my assignment. Look at the next verse. It says this. It says, and a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Look at what they did. They now put somebody else in the middle of the family situation. They brought somebody else and said, go get Jesus for us. Why did they send somebody? Because they knew how he would respond. Some of you need to open your eyes to some of the games your blood plays with you. They already know what they're doing is wrong, so that's why they sent somebody else to ask you in the first place. They already know how you're going to respond, so they're bringing other people into it. And I don't know about you, when I was growing up, we had a saying, what goes on in this house. Now listen, some people took that to a crazy place for things that were not right, and I'm not talking about that. But listen, anytime you want to shame or bring negativity on the, on the family, you have to pay attention to that. Because what they were saying in this moment was, Jesus, we want to bring other people in the midst of our communication. And what were they really trying to do? They were trying to get him off of his assignment. And for some of you, you keep forfeiting because of family. You keep aborting because of who's around you. Because they should have been in there helping Jesus. Instead, they were a distraction to him. I wish you would let somebody say, look, I'm outside. Come in the middle of the church. No, you bring your behind up in here and come to church too. Don't you be rolling up in front. Y'all ain't going to talk to me at 1150. I wish you would let people come in between you and your assignment. This is what they were trying to do. And I want you to pay attention to how Jesus responds. Look at verse 33. And he answered them. We have a problem. Because verse 32 doesn't have a question. Go to verse 32. Verse 32 says, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Look at verse 33. 33 says, and he answered them, which means when they tried to get him off of his assignment, what was he doing, y'all? He was preaching. He was leading his people. He was on his assignment. What ended up happening? They were trying to get him to question his priorities and say, make us first instead of what God created you to do. And hear me, 21 was your last year. 22 was your last year of putting family in places they did not need to be. 22 was your last year of letting things interfere with your assignment. Everybody open your mouth. Say, I will not abort what I'm called to do this year. Uh -uh, I need more faith in this building. Say, I will not abort what I'm called to do to answer their interruption. You ready? So look, 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 look at verse 34. And looking about and those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother, here are my brothers. Now who's there? The 12 that he had. They were always with them. And out of those 12, one of them is called Judas. Pay attention. Jesus said, I'd rather deal with, uh, watch me, a stranger that's an enemy than deal with, look at me, than my own flesh and blood that's an enemy. And for some of y'all, you got to hear me. There's a, move, a line from a movie that says, family will do you dirty quicker than strangers. You got to hear me. I pray God open your eyes so that you stop falling for the okie doke from people just because they're your family. For the last year of your life, will anybody distract? you from your assignment. Lift your hands, open up your mouth, say, I will not be distracted this year. Say it with authority. Say, I will not be distracted this year. Verse 35. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. Everybody look at me. Your family must be defined. Look at me and look at me good. We are not family because we are related. We are not family because we are blood. What did Jesus Christ just do? He redefined family and relatives. And for some of you, you are mistaking relatives for family and family for relatives because you can have family that's not related. 
You can have family that's not blood, but we headed in the same direction. I pray that this year, God give you family mm, like you've never had before. But they're going to help you get to your assignment. They're going to help you achieve what you were created to do. They're not going to block, stop, or distract. Say, Lord, help me define my family. Because it's not just because we're related. It's not just because we're blood. And I want you to pay attention to who Jesus does this in front of. He does this in front of everybody. And he does it so that his mother and brothers can hear. So that they recognize you don't have a right to distract me. How many of you stopped because you got caught up in family mess? How many of you stopped because you got caught up in family drama? And you want to know what's crazy? They wouldn't have stopped for you. But yet here you are stopping to accommodate people who really don't want to see you make it to your destination sometimes anyway. But I'm glad you sit next to somebody that's a gladiator. I'm glad you sit next to somebody that's a warrior. I'm glad you're chatting with somebody that says, I maybe made some mistakes in my past, but I'm not going to make those mistakes going forward. Number two, family is definitely important, but family is not first. Now, I know this, this is contrary to what most Americans are taught. Because most Americans, you're taught some priority scheme that the scripture never lays out. And this is what's wrong with American Christianity, because American Christianity doesn't always, in fact, doesn't often line up with what the word of God actually says. See, family is important. Say, family is definitely important. But it is not first. Look at what Jesus said, Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, hate in the Greek language of our New Testament, it means love less. Okay? If anyone does not love less his own father, his own mother, his own wife, his own children, his own brothers, his own sisters. Yes, his own life. He cannot be my disciple. Uh-oh. American Christianity says family first. Jesus said, you may not get along with some of them, Marks. Biblical Christianity says, you have to love them less than you love the Lord. Is there anybody at this 1115 besides me that can let the Lord know, Lord, I love you first and most. I love you. Where y'all at in this building? God, I, you may love your spouse, but I love the Lord more. You may love your children, but I love the Lord more. You may love your mother and father, but you love the Lord more. Everybody that loves the Lord more, I need you to open your mouth and let them hear your love right there. That's all you got? Why? Because he first loved you. Because he first loved you. Tell him, say, I love you, Jesus. Tell him, tell him, say, I worship and adore you. Tell him, say, I just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. Look at the scripture. God says, you have to love them less than you love me. Adam didn't do this. In the, in the, in the scripture, in Genesis, Adam, God gives Adam an instruction. He says, don't mess with something. He tells Adam. Eve wasn't created yet, so he didn't tell Eve. He told Adam. Which means everything that happens after this was the test of who Adam loved more. Some of what you're facing is a test to see who do you love more. Oh, you don't think God tests? God never trusts anything until he can test it first. And for every person that's in a test, that's for God to be able to trust you with your next. Come on, let me take. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm going to pass this test. I'm Adam didn't do this. God gave Adam an instruction. He says, don't do something. Adam did it anyhow. And I want you to pay attention to what the scripture says. The Bible makes it very clear that when the Lord checks Adam, he says, Adam, because you have made what your wife said more important than what I said, you didn't create all of this mess. Everybody hear me at 1115. What mess have you created because your love was out of order? See, you're not a great husband because you yield to your wife because you don't want to hear her nag. 
You're a great husband. You say, baby, you can do all of that. Now, I'm not going to sit up and listen to all that. You can do all, do all that, all that, all that, you, what you want to, but we're going to keep the Lord first in this house. You are not a great parent. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You're not a great parent because you do give your kids what they want and what they want is against what God's word says. Yeah. You're not a great wife if you yield and you do not keep the Lord first. Open your mouth, 1115. Say, God, I love you most. There's only one thing that Jesus ever said should be first. There's only one thing that Jesus ever said should be first, and that's kingdom is first. Where do you see that? Matthew 6.33. But seek first. This means pursue. Go after. What? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does this mean? The kingdom is what's important to God. It is God's M.O. In fact, the kingdom can be boiled down to five T's. I've taught you before. Time, talent, treasure, testimony thirst but let's break it down in context of love okay jesus said go after this what come on it's an open book test go after this what pursue this what okay so when it comes to time that's church attendance which means anybody who tries to get in the way or interfere with my faithful church attendance because i love him more you got to come second so i'll come to your little party after church but i'm not missing church to come to your little party See how quiet it just got? Talent, that's serving in church, which means I'll come when I'm done serving. Now, I'm not exactly sure when that may be, but I will get there when I get there because my serve comes first. My treasure, that's my faithful giving. I'm not going to give God's money to you because I ain't never going to get what I give you back. But when I give it to God, he promised that he would rebuke the devour for my sake. He promised that he would open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. I don't have room to receive testimony. This is inviting people to church, which means, listen, I don't care if me talking about God and talking about church makes certain people in my family uncomfortable. So if you get it, I don't believe in all that church stuff. I don't care nothing about what you believe. You and your infinity stones can go up the street. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. You and your chakras and y'all ain't going to say nothing. You and you're sitting there rocking back and forth. You're going to mess your back up. Y'all. Why? Because God has been too good to me for me to love your opinion over his truth. We got a lot of Christians, watch me, where you're not a lion, you're a house cat. Because you're scared of anybody and anything that runs up on you. But make sure you're on the lion road. Make sure you're in the lion section. Proverbs 28 says that God makes the righteous as bold as a lion. Which means I refuse to back down for my God when my God has never backed down for me. Every lion release a praise right there. Go. I ain't perfect, but I'm a lion. I don't do everything right, but I'm a lion. He's been too good to me for me to back down. He's never given up on me, so I'll never give up on him. He didn't sit down on me, so I ain't going to sit down on him. He didn't give up on me, so I'm not going to give up on him. Come on, tell him 1115, I love you most. Your thirst. This is your prayer, praise, and worship. This is your prayer, praise, and worship. Some of you, I keep pushing you in your prayer, praise, and worship. Why? Because God is not going to come to your quiet, boring, energyless atmosphere. He's attracted to sound. Let me prove it to you. One day he's walking through the city. And he's walking through the city. This blind man, pay attention, who can't see him. But he hears all the commotion around him. See, you need to have such an atmosphere that when you walk in, everybody, who is that? Who? I need your atmosphere to announce who you are. Mm. 
Some of y'all want to have positions and titles. Let your atmosphere speak for you. When you walk in, they can sense something just shifted. I don't need to know every devil's name. The devils know my name. I don't need to know every demon's name. My atmosphere is a... So, so he walks past this guy. guy's name is Bartimaeus. Say Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. As he walks past Bartimaeus, everybody's telling Bartimaeus, be quiet. Stop. Hush. Shh. I'm trying to listen. And, G, and Bartimaeus was like, you don't know how long I've been blind. You don't know how long I had this issue. Watch me. This might be my last opportunity. So I refuse to shut up to make you feel good about the fact that you ain't saying nothing. My thirst is my prayer, my praise, and my worship. And it's not for my neighbor. So if you think I'm too loud, go sit somewhere else. If you think I'm too radical, go sit in the non-radical section. But Bartimaeus got louder and louder and louder. And Jesus started looking his direction. And Jesus healed him because of his thirst. Are there any thirsty people at the 1115? Just the voices. Go. Come on, thirsty people. Thirsty people. Thirsty people. Thirsty people. Thirsty people. Thirsty people. And the louder I get, the faster he comes. And the louder I shout, the faster he shows up. And the more I give him glory, the more he turns my story. And I'm glad about it. And I'm glad about it. Be seated. So if you refuse to do that because your family says that's too much, that means you love him less. You need to have family that y'all can be driving down the street. And while y'all in the car, a praise break break out. You need family where y'all can be sitting at the dinner table and say, wait a minute. You need people where you can be at Cracker Barrel getting ready to butter up a biscuit, getting ready to put some apple butter on him. But somebody says, you know what? Let's pray for breakthrough this week. I need you to practice with the people on your road. Grab them by the hand and say, let's practice for your family. Let's go up together. Let's give God our thirst together. 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 My praise is for you. Your praise is for me. 11.15, go. Shout for your neighbor. Shout for your road. Shout for your section. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Some of y'all ain't even doing it now. Are you not listening? What's the problem? Open your mouth and let's go up together. Because when you go up, I go up. When I go up, you go up. When we go up, we stay up. All I'm doing is winning this year. Fist bump somebody say, all you're going to do is win this year. My family knows how to go up with me. (laughs) 
You need family that when you're waiting on something, they'll say, come on, let's go up. <laughs> you're waiting on an approval for a loan. You need family that'll say, well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we command the underwriter to underwrite exactly what... Let them give us more than what we applied for. Let them give us more than what we asked for. You need family, woman. The doctor says it's cancer. We don't do cancer in this family. In the name of Jesus, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, she is here. You... Come on, fist bump somebody. Say, you need family like that. You need family that when y'all got a relative in a bad relationship, y'all can grab hands and say, no, we don't do witches and warlocks in this family. God, get him away from that. You need family that will bombard heaven for you. Come on, fist bump one more person. Say, you need family like that. You need. You don't, you don't tell me to come down. You tell me to stay up there. Because he's first in my time. Say it with me. First in my talent. First in my treasure. First in my testimony. First in my thirst. First in my time. First in my talent. First in my treasure. First in my testimony. First in my thirst. And look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says. Here's the real shout for the verse. You ready? God says, if you keep my kingdom first, and all these things. You laughed about my shout today, but you're going to see me riding in it. Y'all, they may talk about you for going up today, but when they see your life come up and all these things, this, 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 that, 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 this, 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 that, 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 will be added. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, you attract addition. Yeah, you're about to get an unexpected check because you attract that. You're about to get a property you didn't have to pay for. You attract that. Somebody's about to give you a car. You attract that. Somebody's about to make a way because you attract that. Look at the screen. We got to go. And all these things which means I don't chase things I keep the kingdom first Bishop why are you so blessed because the kingdom's first I don't do this because I ain't got nothing else to do I don't have to do nothing y'all ain't gonna say nothing <laughs> look at the neighbor encourage him you're gonna talk to him at least 10 more times so just get used to it Bishop, why do you have us talk to one another Wherever two or three touch agreeing on anything, it shall be done for them. Just speak this to them. Say the rest of this year, things will be added to you. Say, tell them this. Tell them. Wait a minute. Tell them. Say, you won't chase anything. Everything you need is about to chase you. And the promotion's about to and the property's about to. <laughs> Ooh, 
Whoever over here, you want to do something in art, God is literally getting ready to open up the arts for you. He's about to put your name in the lights of people. And you're going to open doors. Doors will be open for you you never knocked on. Opportunities are going to be open for you you never even asked for. Your name's about to be brought up on three. Everybody in this building, everybody online, say your first and last name. One, two, three. He's about to add things to your... Y'all excuse me, but I got to go up for myself. And he's adding things. 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 Some of your family says, why can't you do this? Because he's, because he's, because he's adding things. And he's, and he's adding this. Why can't you come do this first? Because he's adding things. And he's, and he's, and he's adding things. Why you won't come to the party? Because he's adding things. Tell him, tell him, tell him. And he's adding things. Why won't you love us more? Because he's adding things. That's why. And he's, and he's adding things. Let's go. I feel better. Relationships. Okay. I'm so serious. I'm so serious. You ready? I'm so serious. I'm so serious. You ready? Now, please don't take this lightly. Some of y'all, you take what I say lightly. And other people who hear it and walk in it, get it. And then you've been sitting under, and you're like, that's nice, and you don't see nothing. It's 1231. While I was standing right there, he says, son, he says, I'm going to release and add some things. He said, about 1231 on Monday. This ain't for everybody. So if you don't think I'm talking to you, please sit down and shut up. No offense. But for everybody else who thinks that between now and then, by this time tomorrow, he's going to add something on three I want you to go bananas one two three by this time tomorrow by this time tomorrow come on YouTube by this time tomorrow and he's adding something and he's adding something and he's adding what I've been praying for, what I've been sowing for, what I've been believing for, what I've been releasing for, what I've been fasting for, by this time. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody to my right, he's about to add healing. And that issue will never rise up in your body again. I don't know who you are. All I know is that you're to my right. And he's adding healing to your life. 
Come on, eleven fifteen. Say, and he's adding things. And he's adding things. We gotta go. We gotta go. Relationships. I'm so glad you kept him first. I'm so glad you kept him first. I'm so glad you kept him first. You'll never be last. Never ever. Never ever. Never ever. Never ever. Never ever. If relationships are out of order and his kingdom's not first, you'll fail at both. Come on, tell him in 15. Say, God, I love you more. Say, family is important, but the kingdom is always first. All day, every day, every way. I'm going to try to finish. But I'm stuck on he's adding things. I'm stuck on he's adding things. YouTube, I'm stuck on he's adding things. Facebook, I'm stuck on he's adding things. What does this mean? It wasn't here yesterday. What does this mean? When I looked, I didn't find it yesterday. But because I love him more, he's about to add what I did not already have acquisition of. And the deal's about to close for us. Come on, shout, add, Lord. Let's go to work. We got to finish. Let's go. <laughs> family is definitely important. But family is not first. Family is definitely important. But family is not first. What's first? kingdom. If you try to be a better wife than a better Christian, you'll fail at both. If you try to be a better husband than a better Christian, you'll fail at both. If you try to be a better mother than a better Christian, you'll fail at both. Your kids will curse you to your face and then you'll feel estranged from your God. If you try to be a better father than you are a Christian, you will fail at both. Come on, say it one more time. Say kingdom first. Makes him add things. Now, I promise you we're going to move on from this, but I just, I just, you ever had a good, when I, when I hear a good song, anybody else like this? When I hear a good song, I don't just listen to it once. Anybody else like me? I will play that song. I look one time, my phone said, you have played this song 126 times. That was in two days. Because I said, Alexa, repeat. Siri, repeat. Repeat. Then if I put it on YouTube, I click back. You're going to say this one more time and make sure find the most exciting person, excited person around you. If they're looking like they're kind of tired, then skip over there. We don't have time for that. Find you the most Online with the chat, find you the most, the person that's blowing the chat up. That's who you need to say it to. Say, he's about to add things to you. I'm ready. I'm ready. He's ready. We got to go. Look at me. Family must be defined. Family is definitely important, but not first. Only two more points. Can I give them to you? Say it one more time. Say, he's adding things. 
See, if you make them first, he won't be able to add anything so that you can be a blessing to them. You ready? Here's number three. Family dysfunction is normal. Look at me. No family is perfect. For some of you, the thing he's about to add is your ability to not be mad that it's not perfect. Cain and Abel, first two brothers, Cain kills Abel. Now, this is because they were in a blended family. I don't have time to go that deep because we stayed right there on he's adding things. But if you listen to me carefully, if you listen to me carefully, the scripture says in 1 John that Cain is not Adam's son. Cain is the son of the devil. Literally, what happened in Genesis? You think that Eve ate an apple. She ain't ate no apple. Fruit in Hebrew is an idiom for sex. So when the scripture says that, and she took of the fruit, literally she lays down with Genesis 19, which teaches us that angels, when they appear in the earth, they appear as men. So what actually Eve did, she was beguiled. She was tricked because she lays down not with a snake. She lands that, She lays down with a man that talks like a snake. So she lays down with the enemy and she produces Cain. This is why the original womb is tainted, tainted. This is why we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Why? Because the original womb was tainted because of what happened in the garden. That's me. And the Bible says that she gave to her husband that was with her and he ate, which means we had a whole menage a trois going on in the garden. You ready? So this first family is a blended family where Cain has a different father. Abel has a different father. Cain kills Abel. They are a blended family. Say family dysfunction. David and Jesse. David is the son of a man named Jesse. And Jesse literally doesn't like David because of his issue with David's mother. David's mother is nowhere to be found. We don't see her in the scripture. But we know that they are different because David utters these words. He was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. You can see the dysfunction between David and and his brothers based on how they even interact and how they even talk to one another. And for some of you, watch me, your family has been the people that have tore you up most with their words. David's brothers, one day they're down there fighting Goliath. Now, but really, they're not fighting him. They're just sitting around talking about how they're going to fight him. It was David that actually had the gumption to go do something. Let me tell some of you why you're the black sheep. It's because you're the only one that doesn't just talk it. You walk it like you talk it. I need you to shake somebody's hand and say, walk it like you talk it. Look. Everybody else talking about, we going to do this, we going to do this, we going to do this. You were the first one that said, well, y'all y'all were talking about it. I went and did it. While y'all were sitting up strategizing about it, I already got it done. So watch. So watch. So, so there's this dysfunction between them. And so David deals with rejection and abandonment. Abandonment because we don't know where his mother is. And then rejection because in 1 Samuel 16, when Samuel, the man of God, is coming to Jesse's house to anoint a new king. Jesse invites seven of David's older brothers into the house. Who does he treat differently? David. And for some of you, you've always been treated differently, and you've wondered why. Let me answer your question. It's because you are the David in your family. David was the eighth son, and eight is the number of a new beginning, which means God said, David, the reason you can't be around them is because you're not going to be like them. I need to keep separation between you and them because you ain't finna be strung out on crack like them. You ain't finna be an alcoholic like them. You're not going to be in the mess that they're in. Would you touch somebody next to you and say, thank God for separation? You can't be around them, David, and you, uh, and you be able to break the generational curses that they're walking in. There's family dysfunction. And from the age of approximately 16 on, David is not around his family. He is literally, pay attention, from the age of 16 and on, David is not around his family. David now is around a king. Because David, I'm about to train you for where you're going. Your daddy wasn't a king, so he can't teach you. Your brothers aren't kings, so they can't teach you. So I'm about to snatch you out of your house that you grew up in. 
and I'm going to put you around somebody else that's about to teach you how to be where you are headed. For every person where you've had some family dysfunction, I need you to give God glory that he was getting you prepared for something and you didn't even know it. Come on. Say Elevity said he was getting me ready. He was getting me. But then you look at David and Absalom. Absalom was one of David's sons. David, because his mother was not there, David dealt with this abandonment and this rejection issue often. So what ends up happening for David is that David has this son called Absalom, who the Bible says is literally trying to steal the hearts of the people. So before you could go to the king, you had to go to the prince. And when people would come to Absalom, Absalom would say, you don't have to go talk to my father. You can talk to me and I'll take care of you. The Bible literally says that he stole the hearts of the people. See, some of your family, they don't like the attention you get. Some of your family, they don't like the way that people honor you. And they feel like they should be the ones getting honored like that. Some of your family, they don't like the way your friends run to your support. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. You better hit me today. So what happens? So Absalom steals the hearts of the people, the Bible says. And when he steals the hearts of the people, what end up happening? That Absalom has a coup d'etat. He overthrows the government of his father, David. So David is on the run. And pay attention, because David has rejection issues and abandonment issues. What does he end up doing for Absalom? He overcompensates. And for some of you, you're overcompensating for your children because of what you didn't get. And because you didn't get it, you were giving them too much of it. You're giving them too much mercy. They're irresponsible now. You're giving, y'all ain't going to talk to me, but I'm going to tell the truth anyhow. You are overcompensating for what you did not get. So what happens? A lot of the Psalms you read where David's talking about his enemies and he's on the run and all of that, that's David on the run from his own son. Say family dysfunction. You know you got family dysfunction when every day on Twitter, every day on Instagram, every day on the shade room, every day on the news, every day on CNN, King David is still on the run from his son Absalom. Imagine what's going on right now in Russia, uh, or excuse me, Ukraine. Imagine that going on and it's a family feud. It ain't Vladdy versus Vladdy. It's David versus his own flesh and blood. And for some of you, watch me, I need you to open your eyes because you haven't even recognized that sometimes your battles show up with your last name. Then you have Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Moses is the younger brother. Aaron and Miriam are the older brother and sister. God chooses Moses, but they do not know how to respect Moses once he gets them out of Egypt. And for some of you, the only reason that they respect you is because they feel like they need you. But the moment they feel like they do not need you, their respect leaves for you. So when he gets them out of Egypt, all of a sudden now, they want to start questioning his decisions. Well, do we, do, do we have to do this? Why do we have to do it like that? Well, how can, well, why does Moses say, well, why did Moses marry this woman? Well, we think he should have married somebody else. And Moses is like, you couldn't figure out how to get out of Egypt. I wish you would try to tell me about the decisions I'm making, but it was my decisions that got you out of your Egyptian slavery. It's funny how they need you when they want something. Jesus and his family, they were not a picturesque American family. There was dysfunction. Let me show it to you. In Mark chapter 3, verse 20, then he went home and the crowd gathered again so they could not even eat, which means there were so many people there to see Jesus, his family couldn't eat when they wanted to eat. Some family, watch me, here's how you really know family versus relatives. If they can't be inconvenienced for your win, you're not my family. Because sometimes my wins are going to inconvenience your comfort. Thank God for everybody that says, I know that's going to make it go a little later, but baby, I'm just happy to see you win. Baby, I'm just happy to see the show. Baby, I'm just Would you clap for somebody on your road because their family hasn't for some people? 
Come on, clap in the building and online. And look at somebody say, I'm clapping for you. Tell them. I'm. So look at what happens. The Bible says, verse 21, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. What did they want to do? Stop him and stall him. This isn't the first time they did this because when he was on his assignment, they tried to do the same thing. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Sometimes the enemy sends attacks that are so subtle you don't see them for what they are. Because they're trying to stop him and stall him. Jesus, stop this. Look what they say about him. But they were saying he is out of his mind. His own flesh and blood called him crazy. And imagine, imagine what would have happened to Jesus had Jesus given in. Let me ask you a question. What's happened to you since you did? You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to be good. You ain't going to succeed. You ain't going to make it happen. I don't know why you're so committed to God. I don't know why you're so committed to church. I wouldn't do it. And you're still going through stuff? I, I don't know why you're doing all of that. I don't know why. I'm so glad. You ready? That the, that the Lord's going to shut down every crazy voice. You're about to hear crazy, and you're going to be able to take crazy captive. Take every thought captive. Say, Lord, help me. Take every crazy word spoken to take it captive. You got to go. Family can be difficult because of the tapestry of hurt, history, and happiness. There's a lot of years in family. Stuff goes back for years. You remember stuff when y'all was little kids running around in your drawers? Who remembers when you were a little kid running around? You remember you running around in your drawers? Drawers is a colloquialism. <laughs> Something like my drawers. I've never walked around in a drawer. <laughs> your drawers, undergarments, Spider-Man, Batman, Minnie Mouse. Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? You don't know that one? Okay, all right. Here we go. Family can be difficult. Why? Because there's layers of hurt. There's stuff that was done that hurts you deeply that you never said anything about. There's layers to it. There's la it's like a seven-layer dip. The deeper you go, the more different it is. It's, it's late. But then, but then there's happiness. See, there's hurt in one part of the history. There's happiness in another part of the history. Because watch me, all of your family experiences haven't been bad. Who can tell the truth that you've got some great family experiences? Family reunion. Family reunion. Yes, you have. <laughs> I remember the rest of the verse. Anyway, that's normally how I am. I got a chorus for you. That's it. Let me get into the words. I can listen to it 126 songs and at times I still not know the words. Because <laughs> I'm only on that chorus. All right, but look at me. Family can be difficult. Because when you want to focus on the happiness, you're reminded of the hurt. When you want to focus on the hurt, you're reminded of the happiness. It's a tapestry. It means there's layers to this thing. And I need you to look at me. I need you to learn from every layer. I need you to learn from every layer. I need you to learn from the hurt what not to do. I need you to learn from the hurt what type of person not to trust. 
I need you to learn from the happiness what to do. Come on, open your mouth. We're almost done. We're only one more point. Say, Lord, I will learn from every layer. Which brings you to the last and final point. Family desires love. Family has to be defined. Family is definitely important, but it's not first. Family dysfunction is normal. And family desires love. Look at Colossians. Colossians says this. Let's go. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, which means God says, you know better. Look at the person next to you and say, you know better. Some of you are expecting your unsaved family to be the elect when they're not. You're the elect. You're expecting them to talk right when they're not right. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You're expecting them to be supportive when they, watch me, when they are not supportive. Look what the scripture says. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy. <laughs> what does that mean? Distinct. And beloved, clothe yourselves. Give me your jacket. Clothe yourselves. Thank you. Help me put it on, won't you? Can we put it on today? There we go. Thank you. No, we appreciate you. Thank you. I like everything fast. I like my clothes on fast. I like my food fast. I like everything to move fast. But I don't like fast food. You ready? Now, I want you to pay attention to this. This is clearly too big for me. And when it comes to putting on love, you have to put on enough to cover. You ready? He says, clothe yourselves with hearts of compassion. What does this mean? Sometimes you have to look at your family and say, I should cuss you out seven ways from Sunday. That's what I should do. But I'm going to have mercy right now. Did you see how to do that? No, sometimes with your spouse, you, you have to put on compassion. Because you want to say, who she thinks she talking to? Roll that neck one more time. I'm a, I swear to God. But you have to put it on. Touch your neighbor and say, clothe yourself. Kindness. It's amazing how nice you are to strangers and how cruel you are to your family. Humility. Why be prideful with people who already know your weaknesses? They ain't already seen you naked. They ain't stunning you. Y'all ain't gonna talk. They've already seen your mistakes. They've already heard you talking non-Christian tongues. So why are you prideful? You ready? Gentleness. It's amazing how gentle you are with strangers and how rough you are with your family. One of my favorite movies is What's Love Got to Do With It? When anime, now, her mama said she's singing like a man. I heard some of the original songs. I was like, her mama was right. I thought it was a man. No, she really was singing like a man. I said, your mama was right. Like, fuck on. I <laughs> sound like a man. I thought it was a man. I'm like, who is that gentleman on the radio? <laughs> I says, and she's singing, and she's singing, and, and she's singing. She says, now I'm talking to the priest. She says, I'm talking to the priest. The high priest. And everybody in the world. And so, and so I kept walking over to her. Oh, keep going. Keep going. I went over to her. Come on here. Come on. Come on. Make me over. Come on. 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 Come on.
Come on, come on. Come on. Uh, come on. No, that's okay, because you can be Ike. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do that. Come on. You ready? Come on. All right. Now, look. Now, she's doing, she doing a little thing. And Ike went over to her. Ike go over to her and say, sing it rougher. You have to sing it rougher. Now, look here. Look here. Look here now. Look at me. Look here. I need you to sing it from up in here. I don't know what up in here is, but that's where I need you to sing it from. All right, come on. You ready? You ready? One, two, three, go. And if she had done that, y'all already know. I need you to go watch the movie. Go study. Listen. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of y'all are so rough with your family. And you're so nice to strangers. A stranger, oh, please, take your time. Your kid, hurry up, boy. I'm so sick of you. Mama, I just woke up. And you about to do something. Patience. Look at your neighbor and say, be patient with your family. Patience is the level of endurance your character can take before becoming negative or being delayed or provoked. God says, be patient with your family. And look, you have to put this on. Why do you have to clothe yourself with it? You, you know what? The Lord gave me revelation here. When you go home, you're comfortable. Say comfort. Come on, y'all. Say comfort. So when you get home and you're in a place of comfort, you normally... Take your clothes off. But the Bible says that's where you need to keep them on. Because your spouse may do something, your kids may do something, your family may do something, and while you're comfortable, you're not clothed. So you end up firing shots at who you say you love, and then after you didn't fire shots, now you want to go check on bodies on the floor. You ain't still mad, are you? Come on, let's go get something to eat. Some of y'all, that's the way you apologize. You never apologize. Open this door. What you want to eat? That's fine. We can go there. It's quiet in this building. Yeah, yeah, I know. I yelled at you earlier. I know. Yeah. You want to go to the movies? You can pick. Everybody stand. Last part of the verse. Everybody stand in the building and online. Bear with one another. Hmm. Total 915. I wish this part of the verse wasn't there. I'm trying to find a Greek translation where it's not. Bear with one another means, look at the person next to you, say, give them some time. What ifs? <laughs> Bible says, you give all these strangers chances. 
and you're quick to cut off who you say you love. They make one mistake. I'm done. I'm done. But Leroy done cheated on you 45 times. Leroy is just a random name. You still talking about, well, God's a, God's a healer. Rotobaya. God's a forgiver. But you do that for everybody else. Some of you still ain't forgave your mama. Bishop, she didn't apologize. That's because her curse won't let her see she was wrong. It's not even about them apologizing. Forgiveness isn't for them. Because every time you don't forgive somebody, now I already got your jacket on. Come here. Yesterday was leg day. Let's see. Come on. It's all right. Don't hurt me. If you hurt me, you got to pay me. Come on. I don't know. Just let's figure it out. Come on. Just get on me. Okay. Let's pretend. Okay. There you go. All right. Aren't you ready? Okay, I'm going to count to three. They're going to kick in. You ready? <laughs> I'm just playing. I ain't going to do that. Come on now, boy. Come on now. Come on now. Rafa, come on. Now look. This is unforgiveness. I'm just trying to move in my jubilee. I'm just trying to walk in what God has for me. And every time you don't forgive, you carry them. This is why some of y'all, you can't praise God because you walked in here like this. Lift your hands. This is all you got. Because you're carrying people. You're carrying it. Open your mouth and say, I choose to forgive. As the Lord has forgiven me. Is there anybody in the building beside me where you know God has forgiven you for a whole lot? Look at this last part. Next part, please. Put on love. You know what put it on means? It's easy to take it off. See, some of you think love means we don't deal with the issue. No, we're going to deal with the issue. It just means God, show me how to deal with it in love. Do I have to cuss them out or can we have a conversation? Now, I understand. Some people, the, the latter works. I'll keep it 100. Some people, regular talking don't work. I know, I know. This is why I'm giving, I'm, tell, I'm telling you I know. If I was fake, I'd tell you it always works. No, it don't. Some people need words that spark passion. I get it. But the Bible says put it on love. You should be able to let somebody know where they need to do. And they feel so loved. Even if you had to get rough with them. Say, Lord, help me put on love. How many can be honest that, especially when it comes to people you say you love, sometimes you do not put on love? That should be everybody's hand. Those of you whose hand is not up, you lying. That's all of us. Did you really have to speak that way to your son? Because sons may not say anything in the moment, but they'll hold on to it. This is why the Bible says, do not provoke your children to wrath. Say, Lord, help us. To have great family relationships this year. I want you to worship God for 10 seconds for your family, and we're done. 10. Thank you. 9. 8. 7. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. 6. 5. For your family. 4. 3. 2. 
With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this building and need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure, in this building or online, when I count to three in the building, when I ask you to slip your hand up online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Hear me clearly and listen. God's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's not trying to beat you up or beat you down. He wants to love you and love you to life. And if that's you, you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On three, hands up in this building, online, do that hand wave emoji and say it's me. Say, Bishop, I'm not really sure. Be sure. Well, Bishop, what does it mean to get saved? You're saved from you. You're saved from hell. You're saved from trying to figure this thing out on your own. Bishop, will everything change? You will change. How you see it will change. I make no false promises. You can't do this thing that we call life without God. You need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself, Lord, or be sure on three hands up in the building. Online, do the hand wave emoji. It says me, one, two, three. If that's you, respond wherever you're at in this building. Online, do that hand wave emoji. It says me. Everybody, pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall, if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, take out your phone, scan the QR code, or text the word HARVEST to 55498. We want to get a message in your hands called What Next and show you what to do now if you've given your life to the Lord. Secondly, some of you are saved, but you need a shepherd. You don't have to live in Denver or Atlanta. You can live anywhere across America and, be around, and around the world. We're a hybrid church, which means we gather from all over. In fact, the majority of Harvest has never been in a building. If that's you today, we'd love for you to be a part of the family. I'd love to be your shepherd. Just text over. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you and our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.